The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Tip. Today we are going to talk about what we've been watching. We're going to play a quick round of tagline takedown and then we are going to do a full review of Rob Thomas's Veronica Mars. Um, so before we get to anything else, uh, you have less than 24 hours to fill out your summer movie wager ballot. Um, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, which is Wednesday, May 14th, uh, if you're listening to it after you're shit out of luck. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, ballots are due 1159 PM Eastern daylight time, uh, on, on, uh, Wednesday, May 14th. You could win. A movie of up to $40 or a gift card if you prefer to not have a movie. And you will also win a high-quality Midwest Film Nerds podcast hoodie. Runners up up may or may not receive something uh, a little bit lesser than that. I don't remember what I put in the article. So go on MidwestFilmNerds.com. Look for the summer movie wager post and or go to Facebook dot uh, com slash Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I've been linking to it basically every two or three days just to remind people to get uh, their their submissions in. Or if you just want to go straight to putting your submission in, go to bit.ly slash mfnsmw and put it in, let us know what you want to uh let us know what your ballot is, and we'll see if you win at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. But if you want more information on all that, go to the website. Uh, find it all there. There's a nice blog post that, that answers everything. You're um, not going to win, though, because I'm going to win. That's true. Ooh. I Ten. want that hoodie. I've been wearing this hoodie that I have on for like two weeks straight. <laughs> and so I need a second one so I can alternate weeks. This, Timmy, is, a, this is a practical victory for Tim. <laughs> Timmy needs a new hoodie. Um, so... Uh, yeah, go go check that out. Please join us. It'll be a lot of fun. We already have seven or eight submissions, so uh, hopefully we'll have a bigger year than last year. Not yet, but hopefully. What was last year, 12? Last year was like it was somewhere between 9 and 12. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. Also, feedback at MidwestFilmNudes.com. Let us know what you think of the show. All that good stuff at MFN Podcast on Twitter. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram. And... Uh, MidwestFilmNerds.com, one more time, has all of our previous episodes. This is episode number 75, guys. Wow. Is this 75? This is 74 more episodes before that are on MidwestFilmNerds.com that you could listen to, plus a bunch of bonus episodes, too. So. What an anniversary episode. We're, oh. Wow. Yeah. We're 25 away from the 100th episode. Man. We're bringing it strong, too. This is like a super size one we've got lined up. This is like a... Uh, right. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Like a digest. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, I think that's mostly it for all the stuff up front. Um, so let's dive right into what we've been watching. Willie, what have you been watching? I literally, like 10 minutes ago, just finished what No, like longer than that. But I watched uh, Seduced and Abandoned, which is a documentary on HBO um, about uh, Alec Baldwin and director James Toback, um, who they go to uh, Cannes Film Festival, to which is a if you don't know what Cannes Film Festival is, then uh, it's a big, huge film festival, the biggest one of all, perhaps. Maybe Sundance is bigger. I'm not sure. Okay, is it um, Cannes or Con? Con, I don't know. I don't know either. Can I'm gonna say Cannes because okay. I'm America. So uh, it's Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> Any listeners? Say Cannes because you don't want because Jimmy Con's in this and you don't. James Con is in this film, so I don't want to confuse yeah. anybody. That's okay. no, I'm just saying it because I'm ignorant. But um. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say that to be because I honestly have no clue. What no, no, I know, I know. 
Um, and neither do I, so cans. Um, That's why we're informed. This yes. is why you listen to the Midwest Filmers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> for, for really exciting, cutting-edge uh, stuff like this. Um, anyway, so uh, they go to Cannes and um, go to get funding for a film that they're um, trying to get made. It's about uh, – stars Alec Baldwin and um, Nev Campbell. And it is kind of a spiritual successor to Last Tango in Paris starring Marlon Brando. If you've not seen that movie – um, you should seek it out because it's insane. Um, if you are easily offended, then don't seek it out because you'll be offended. Um, At least but, read the Wikipedia page. Yeah, do that. Do yourself a favor. It gets really gross. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it on air. Um, so anyway, they're trying to, to get this movie made. Um, it's going to be a lower budget film, and they're going basically to all these people that you don't, you've never heard of before all these investors that a lot of them, which are, are kind of ghost investors. They're silent partners in these different, uh, investment companies. And, and you don't hear about these people behind the scenes when movies are being made, but these are very important people to get movies made. Like, yeah. and it's really, really, it just feels gross and sleazy. The whole thing just, I don't know. It just, it's amazing because you can see the initial concept for this film is laid out very simply as, um, Alec Baldwin is some sort of operative uh, during the Bush administration overseas in Iraq or Afghanistan. I can't remember which which one, but it, he's overseas, and he meets this female left wing uh, journalist who's kind of on the opposite side of the fence of him, and they wind up having these bizarre sexual encounters with each other over the course of their time together. In <laughs> which is sounds uh, uh, Tim's ears just lit up, but <laughs> um, but um, it's a <laughs> it's amazing to see the um, the vision for this film get twisted over the course of them meeting with these different investors um, because each investor has something else, some other reason to tell them they don't want to invest in this movie. Either um, Alec Baldwin's a TV actor, sorry, don't not if he's involved, you know, in the lead. Or um, Nev Campbell, she's a sweet girl, but she won't draw money, so you need Jessica Chastain. So they go talk to Jessica Chastain about being like the. The players in the film get twisted completely by the end of it. The plot of the movie gets twisted completely by the end of it. Too expensive to film in Tunisia. Sorry, guys. Okay, so we'll make it so they come back from war after the war and so we can film it in the States. It's just it's amazing. And it really goes to show you that even um, lower-budget independent films nowadays, which is really what uh, Ken's and Sundance and, and film festivals of that nature were founded upon, was for those movies to get discovered yeah. and, 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 and uh, distributed by hopefully bigger uh, distribution companies that nowadays that it's dead. That doesn't exist <laughs> that you can forget about it. Like yeah. it's, it's they, there is, n there are no chances taken anymore. And it's really amazing to see how these investors gauge the price tag of a movie. It's very interesting. And I think everybody should check it out. If you've got access to HBO in any way, shape or form, it is on, um, on on HBO on demand and I'm sure HBO Go and it's interesting because I think that's an uh, this is like a very good piece of evidence for <clears throat> Zach Braff and his Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. and, and and I thought about that. I, I thought to myself during watching the movie, I was like, I wonder if um if Baldwin and, and Tobek are are familiar with Kickstarter at this point. I think this is this is from 2013. So you would think, you that, would think uh, that they would have some idea perhaps yeah. of, of, but it's interesting because it's, the, I mean, they're creative. You can see their creative freedom gradually. It's like an onion. And yeah. it's just every, every time they speak to somebody new, there's just a layer of like, <laughs> and, and it just gets, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, 
it's it sheds a lot of light on the process, I think, and it's yeah. really cool. And it makes you wonder a lot about um, a lot of the big, uh, I'm using hand quotations, independent films that have come out uh, in the last... That's what know. sounds fascinating to me. It's just the burial. Because, I mean, independent film has kind of been dead since the 90s. It doesn't true exist. Independent, true independent yeah. film has been dead since... Thanks, Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean, if you see... If you see... I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on him, but... <laughs> If you see the Fox Searchlight logo, you're not really watching an independent film. I mean, you are, but you aren't. It's, it's, and it's, I don't know. I guess it's different when somebody has shot something themselves, themselves, and they're, they're shopping it around to to distributors. Mm -hmm. And that's a little different because they've done it on their own. And, but this, I mean, in a lot of cases, this is how it works. I mean, you have a script and an idea and maybe a cast or some i don't know it's amazing though and, and i think i think it's it's definitely an interesting process to look to look at and think about what uh gareth evans had to go through with the raid redemption sure the raid redemption's first script was actually what ended up being the raid 2 Barandal, yeah. and he basically took the raid 2 and pared it down mm-hmm. and and made the raid redemption like how much of that was somebody going to him being like, I'm sorry, nobody wants to listen to these. Like your story, who cares about story? I just want to see the fighting. Just yep. put all that into a movie. Like, and so I guarantee you that was a conversation not, he had with somebody at some point. Yeah, and it's not like this process gives us terrible things necessarily. Like no, the, no. the raid, the raid redemption is fantastic, and I think there are certain like there are definitely investors there that. Yeah, what they're looking for is 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 a way to make your movie marketable. But it's also kind of that idea that we're t- like we've talked about many times with George Lucas, like being like if George Lucas had people that said no to him, mm-hmm. how great would those prequels have been? Sure, they probably would have been fantastic. So it's kind of a finding that that balance or the rare people who manage to uh, the the rare people whose unadulterated voice ends up being something worth watching, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's obviously very subjective. Um, I think it's interesting to look at those kind of aspects and see, okay, well, here's a, here's some, here's a studio where they let this person do what they wanted to do and it worked out for them. Here's a person where the studio let them want do what they want to do and it was horrible. Here's a person who was altered by this. Like, I think it's just very interesting, different routes that you can take. And it can, in some ways, I think being limited by, um, or being, having your initial vision altered a bit by, uh, studio interference or, uh, producers interfering and stuff can sometimes be a good thing. Yeah. Um, one interesting example I think would be um, George Romero when he went to make Day of the Dead in '85. Uh, uh, his initial script was, oh gosh, uh, it was described by Tom Savini as the Ben Hur of zombie films. I mean, this thing was thick. Like it was, it was going to cost a shit ton of money to make, and they had you know huge set piece events that were going on in the movie and if if anybody i don't know i know tim you've seen day of the dead at some point or oh whatever. yeah oh yeah and i don't think alex you have uh maybe a long long time ago but if you watch the the finished product day of the dead is not in any way big or overblown it's actually insanely intimate and pretty yeah. self-contained and you can see that the there were constraints there and i think it's arguable on either side with that movie that's what's inter- interesting about it is i would have loved to have seen the finished product that Romero had put on page. It would have been mm-hmm. cool to see him have this big, giant, final, epic zombie movie. Um, but at the same time, I I, I love the film that Did, was made. So yeah. didn't a lot of it make it into land? 
or some of those ideas make it into some of the land. yeah a I, lot I of really, the... I really like both of those movies so I'm kind of glad it worked out yeah, yeah sure yeah, he sure. just really needed an actor like John Leguizamo to carry to make it happen so. yeah I mean mm-hmm. him and between him and Hopper I mean, the reuniting of, of the two <laughs> Hopper's two of the amazing three. in that movie uh, oh my god he's so good in that movie <laughs> unfortunately now we've lost two of the three leads from Super Mario Brothers R.I.P. Yeah, uh, out for, yeah when did that happen uh, about a week ago or so yeah I think so rest in peace Bob Hoskins yes that's, that's we did mention it on the Facebook but yeah Yes, um, but um, anyway, I'm sorry, that's way off track. Anyway, that's okay. That's right. if you have a chance to check out um, uh, Seduced and Abandoned, I think it's worth a, worth a, worth a look. So right. I, I would like to have seen a little bit more, maybe about what happened to the film after uh, Cans was over and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I, they don't really tell you that. Um, yeah. So I'm sure you could probably do some internet research and figure it out, but I haven't had a chance yet. So. All right, yeah. Tim. Yes. What have you been watching? Well, you know what I've been watching, Alex. <laughs> I do know. We watched it. Alex and I. <laughs> we had a mandate we, on we had a uh, date, Saturday. We had a day together. And yeah. I, this, is a, this is a monumentous occasion because Alex and I... We always, are we are the pros at this right here. <laughs> we are the pros of putting together plans and then not doing them yeah. like at all. We we were gonna go see Metropolis with like like live symphony and then neither of us wanted to yeah. get out get off the couch. We were like, hey, we're still doing this, right? And then we we're both like, yeah. And then like the day of, we were both like, yeah, I don't think we want to do this. <laughs> That's amazing. So, and then that happened again with Percy Jackson and Percy the Jackson, Monsters. Because we wanted to go cheer on Giles as he took over the role from Pierce Giles, Giles and Nathan Fillion, of course. Oh, sorry. Did well, you do I was going to cheer both. on Giles and you were going to cheer on I, I, I would cheer for you both. You would cheer for both, but, yeah. And I I mean, I would I would give him a nice... I'd give Nathan Fillion a nice round. Yeah. But yeah. I, I wouldn't root him. I hear he I snuck would, a serenity joke in there, so... Did he? Yeah. Didn't you do this for Veronica Mars, too? Like, wasn't it hard for you guys to get together to do Veronica Mars? Well, we were going to, but Alex hadn't finished yet. Yeah. So okay. we're going okay. to okay. this one. All right. I just want to throw that out there. I thought there was... This a- is this <laughs> is the... this. So this this weekend was the first time that Tim and I, like, made plans and they actually Good. occurred. And we went to Ernie's, too. Ernie's That's is true. a deli. And did. I always wanted to go there when I never meet up with... Alex and Nick when they go. So. Yeah, this is, I mean, this, we just knocked it. What all a out. delight! Yeah, it was a it was a Saturday of all Saturdays. <laughs> anyway, so we you, we saw Neighbors together as well. Neighbors, the Seth Rogen. Um, exactly. Oh, what's her name? Rose Byrne. Oh no, uh, she's wonderful. And yeah, yes, she is. Zac Efron, who is also wonderful. Yes, he is. Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Oh, Who's baby Franco. Very Dave Franco. Oh, I love I love Dave Franco so much. So good. But yeah, we saw it, and um, I laughed quite a bit. During it, yeah. The original plan was that we were going to review Neighbors this week, yeah. but we went and saw it, and we were both just kind of like, "I don't think there's forty minutes to talk about this movie, let alone twenty. Now, Will, you didn't or see twenty, it. let alone no. forty. Is there anything you would like to know about Neighbors? Do you have any questions? Is it funny? I laughed. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. I think it was. Funny. I, think it was, I think it was funny. Good. All right. Is it like this is the end level funny? No. No. Okay. No. This is more. I'm trying like to a think. knocked up level. No, this isn't as good as Knocked Up. I'm trying to think of... 21 Jump Street? No, that's no. really funny. 21 Jump Street's pretty oh, man. This is like a mid-level... I happen to think like... What's like a mid-level Rogan oh, movie? Oh, man. Maybe or, like... Um, well, it's hopefully it's funnier than Funny People. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. That's I, good to know. Well, it's I'm better than Observe and Report, I'm, I'm assuming. I, oh, I, I love Observe and Report, <laughs> but it's definitely funnier than Observe and Report. Okay, good. <laughs> I, would, I would give this... It's been a while since I've seen Knocked Up, but I would say this is maybe like a little bit below Knocked Up. Okay, that's that's acceptable. I, I'm going to go see it anyway. I don't know why I'm even asking you guys questions. I'm going to go see it. Yeah. You're going to see Franco. it for the Dave Franco. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Dave I saw Franco. that coming. I can't help it. Um... He's like a less high version of his older this brother. This is like one of those forgotten like Eddie Murphy movies that he like uh, Eddie Murphy. Sure, like, like uh, a, the Golden Child, like a Golden Child, yeah. or like a uh, 
so it, it, even made in or coming to America is kind of forgotten about in a lot, of, like yeah, by a lot of people. That's disgusting. Or Vampire in Brooklyn. People need to get it together. Vampire in Brooklyn might be rightfully forgotten. Metro. <laughs> Metro. Now we're just sure. gonna start naming. Eddie yeah. Murphy okay. That's that we pop into our head. No, I think I think uh, <laughs> still the the main thing about neighbors that I have an issue with is that yeah. I never in a million years would think that Seth Rogen would get Rose Byrne. Yeah, like that was the first thing I said when I saw that trailer months ago. It's a comforting like, thought, though, isn't it? No, it's a fantastically hey, wait comforting a minute, thought. Though, wait a minute, though. Maybe I'm just being a realist. Oh, okay, I told Alex this when we were leaving. Yeah, I've been did. told a couple times that I look like Seth Rogen. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, you look you look a billion times better than Seth Rogen. Well, now if if now Seth Rogen got all the good parts of Paul Walker, <laughs> that would be you. <laughs> okay, but here's what I'm going to say: Seth Rogen's actual real life wife is very attractive. She's an attractive lass. And but. I think it's the funny thing. The funny guys can get the, the attractive women, you know, oh, being sure, funny. Can, can, but anyway. I, and also, like, it's, it doesn't. Sandler bothers me more because I find Sandler completely unlikable nowadays. <laughs> and, like, I, there's no way. He, yeah. He's begging Sam, Selma Hayek. Yes. Have, you, have you seen Bedtime Stories? No. Neither have I. <laughs> um, but I answered it quickly. Guy Pierce is in it, right? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he is. I might watch it. No, no, yep. not really. No, Probably not. Um, so, so yeah, I I buy it enough. Okay. No, and it, and it's not. There, there's not much in the movie that makes me doubt it. I just for some reason I'm just like, why? You're like, no, I don't. And <laughs> it's funny because this is the first time that I that I think I've seen Rose Byrne with her natural accent. Because she is Australian. She's really funny. Oh, she's Australian? Yeah. yeah. And I oh, had no weird. idea. Why does she play British woman if she's not British? <laughs> like, that's weird to me. Because Hollywood, if you have an accent. You're just you like, you just need to be British. All of the accents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Um... The only the only thing I think there's there's a moment this isn't a spoiler or anything there's a moment of kind of gross out comedy like in the middle yeah. of the movie which was just like completely unnecessary. Okay. It was stupid and they tried it. I think the actors like make it and even like everybody involved try to save it by saying funny things after. Yeah. But like it's it's way out of place and dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb. Okay. The big that's the, my only like real big like complaint about. I kind of wanted it to be and I would be way off but I said this too after real life was I wanted it to be a little darker because I actually think at some point <laughs> like <laughs> I, um, Zach Efron who is amazing in this movie like he's really he's fantastic he's good. really good in this movie and they I kind continue of, is he menacing no he's like a kind of sort of at times but he's really sweet and dumb just so dumb Okay. And, like, they kind of hint around him be having, like, a mental handicap. <laughs> what? But they never really go for it. And, like, I kind of wanted to go for it. Because... <laughs> is he the ringleader of the of the frat, then? Yeah, yeah. he's the president. Okay. Yeah, yeah. which okay. is why it's kind of... And Franco, Franco's the vice president. Okay. Franco's, Franco's really funny at it, too. And, uh... But, no, I... But there's another reason I wanted to be darker. Darker is because... At some point, I actually think Seth Rogen... Like, they... This isn't a spoiler, but they keep playing pranks on him. The frat. And at some point, it gets to the point where I thought they were kind of dicks. Like, I was just like, like, I understand. Like, but Rogan was, like, being cruel. Yeah, like, like, and I understand. Both of them. Yeah, and I understand why they're doing it, but, and they kind of touch on it like they're bored in their relationship in the movie. Mm. But they never really go full in with it. And I thought it would have been more interesting if, like, it was darker and, they, like, their relationship was just dead without some sort of. Maybe a little bit more of a, okay. Yeah, yeah I like that. So that's kind of where I was thinking. But then my movie would not have made any money, probably. Okay. Like it, yeah, this did this did beat Spider Man at the box office did. this weekend. It did. So. Uh, Spider Man took like almost a fifty percent hit, which is not good. No, but um, so think about that when you are submitting your summer movie wager. Picks. Yes, yes. Um, so you'd like to see a Seth Rogen led uh, Nothing But Trouble remake, is what you're saying? <laughs> With Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne in the leads. 
Yes. Good. I'm and glad I to hear it. People would and Dan Aykroyd reprising his role. I think people would eat it up. I, I would eat it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Tim? No. All right. Um, I got a chance to uh, hang out with some Netflix this weekend, and I watched a show called The Writer's Room, which is uh, it, was, it apparently airs on Sundance TV. And uh, it's got to be Aaron Sorkin, right? It's a talk show hosted by uh, Jim Rash of uh, Community Fame, stars in Community as Dean Pelton. He also wrote The Way Way Back and The Descendants um, with his writing partner, Nat Faxon. But basically, it's Jim Rash talking to the writers of a series and usually one of the stars or sometimes one of the stars is one of the producers or writers. So um, season one was like six episodes. It's 22 minutes long, really breezy. I watched five of the six episodes in a one sitting on Saturday <laughs> night. Episode one was Breaking Bad. Episode two was Parks and Rec. Episode three was Dexter. Episode four was New Girl. Episode five is Game of Thrones. And episode six is American Horror Story. Wow. I didn't watch American Horror Story because I haven't seen the show. But yeah. Do they spoil uh, elements of the show? Just for it, viewers. The, to... later, the later, like, the ones that really have stuff to be spoiled. Like, there's a little bit of Breaking Bad that gets spoiled. There's a little bit of Game of Thrones that gets spoiled. But it's it's nothing super major. But okay. I wouldn't, That's good to know. I wouldn't watch it unless you are caught up to where the, like, this, this aired last year. So if you're up to date. With last year's round of episodes, then I think you're okay, okay. on spoilers. I was just curious because, it, I mean, that could be dangerous. Uh, yeah, it could, but I, I didn't really see any issues with it. So, okay. I, you know, just to be safe, if you're up to the 2013 season with these shows, then I'd say go check it out. But cool. really, it's just really cool. They It it's almost has a little bit of a pop-up video thing because as they talk about things, they'll bring up a little note on the yeah. show and be like, oh, hey, here's a little bit extra on what they're talking about or, you know, something Something related to the discussion. Um, but, yeah, they usually have a lot of the, uh, like, most of the writing staff on it. Like, they had everybody who worked on Breaking Bad in that room. And it was really, it was a cool discussion. Season 2 started um, April 18th. And this set of shows is a little bit, it's, it's, it pales in comparison to the first season, in my opinion. But we've got Scandal, um, House of Cards, Sons of Anarchy, The Good Wife, Pretty Little Liars. And then there's, like, an amalgam. Uh, Walking Dead, Smallville, and other comic adaptations episode that is apparently going to air. Uh, so I think they might have them up on Sundance's website. I'm not sure. They, he always says if you want more of the writing room, writer's room at the end of the episode, then he says go to the website. So they might have the full episodes up there. But it's on Net- season one is on Netflix. Season two is currently airing. I'm sure it'll be up there soon. I'm excited for Pretty Little Liars. I, I, I want to know what makes those writers tick. That's you, true. Have you, do you watch? Have you ever watched no, it? my dad watches it though. That's amazing. I know, isn't it? I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking maybe Nikki watched it. And you would mm-hmm. caught a couple. No, okay. my dad. Like, I, I, I overheard. Uh, my mom no, saying like my a, dad watches it. Yeah, no, it's like a thing. Like it's a big thing. Yeah, this I, just, I guess so. This just brought to light that Tim Minear writes for American Horror Story. He also wrote for Firefly, so that kind of makes me want to watch that show. But I still don't really want. to You should watch check that it show. out. You should. I maybe, think maybe, I think you might actually enjoy it. Maybe someday. At least the first. I haven't seen anything past the first season. So. All right. Uh, okay. I think that's about it for what we've been watching. So we will move right into a rousing round of tagline takedown, hmm. uh, which is uh, I, I will host this section and it'll give Willie a chance to talk since uh, he probably won't be talking too much in the Veronica Mars segment. No. no we're going to tape his mouth shut, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might actually leave the room. <laughs> so... Uh, Basically, for those of you who haven't uh, heard us play this as of yet, um, 
I take a tagline from a movie and give it to these guys. They have to guess what the movie is. If they can't guess, I usually give them a year or some other hints, and uh, we go from there. Um, just real quick, I know that we had a bit of a – not a dispute, but we wanted to clarify some, something here. Um, can we both just start shouting things out? Is yeah. There, there's going to be an order Whoever to shouts the... anything out first – it's you know, cool. Okay, sweet. Whatever. And if okay. you guys tie, then you tie. And okay, cool. uh, don't do that. Okay. Well, I'm we'll just kidding. try our best. <laughs> I haven't won any of these games I've been on, so. Hey. You only won we've one, only, right? Yeah, we've only played like I've two, had, I've had fun, maybe though. three games. And, good. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a good you're time. you're a winner. And I think that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. Um, number one here. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. A 40-year-old version. Good one. That's Tim. Good. Tim, one Dick point. Dick joke. I like that. I don't know. I always like that a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the next one. Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. Oh, uh, Army of Darkness. Well, there you go. One to one. These are easy ones, apparently. Um, the true story of a real fake. Oh, um, catch me if you can. Nice. Two to one. Yeah, nice. Willie's Willie's got it. All right. Um... Just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. Waiting. Nope. Um, ooh. I was going to say something really tasteless. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Slammin' Salmon. Nope. You're going to have to say, good, have to say it good, off air. Good pull, but... Um, it's just because waiting. they serve you doesn't mean they like you? Yep. It's not waiting. Um, waiting too. Nope. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Still waiting, I believe. Just yes. because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. I'm trying to think of all the... Perhaps other comedies about the service industry. Maybe. Good Burger. <laughs> That's I love you, but no. It's good. Just give the damn point. Um, Welcome to Good Burger. Home of Good Burger. Sorry. I'm a dude. Employee a of the dude. month? Yeah, dude. We're all dudes. Hey. Uh, no. I knew that wasn't it when I said No. Do you want a year? Sure. I mean, I'm ready for it. 1994. I didn't help at all. Thanks a lot, Alex. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Obama. 1994. 1994. <laughs> You're an expert on this year. <laughs> on 1994? Yeah. yeah. Tim yeah. Long just wrote a uh, summer movie preview for the year of 1994. <laughs> Please go check it out on MidwestFilmers.com. Spoiler alert, tons of cowboy movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus Forrest Gump. That would be stupid anyway. <laughs> Nothing? Nobody? Nope. No. I don't got it. No clue? No idea. We mentioned the director in this episode. Oh, jeez. I don't really even remember. <laughs> what did we talk about this episode? It's a blur to me. <laughs> I mentioned the director in this episode. John Leguizamo? No. Rob Thomas? No. Jim Rash? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's Clerks. What the hell? Oh ah, it's Clerks. Clerks. That was really easy. Yeah. Yep. I'm kind of disgusted right now. Yeah. Not really. I'm yeah, not. a little bit. You'll live with yourself. I'll sleep fine at night. All right. His story will touch you, even though he can't. Oh, jeez. Uh, Hollow Man? Ghost? No and no, but good guesses. Uh, Fantastic Powder? Guesses. Nope. Go. Uh, no, you said ghost. <laughs> uh, phenomenon? With John no. Um, he could touch you. He just could move shit with his. I don't know what he did. That was dumb. I saw it in the theater. It was horrible. Um, 
touch you. His story mm. will touch you, even though he can. Yes. The boy in the plastic bubble. No. Bubble boy. No. <laughs> Jeez, you had that one loaded. <laughs> bubble boy. Oh, so good. That was so good. Oh. Oh, man. Two to one to one so even far. Even though he can't. Really leading. I know. I like, I've seen this. I enjoy this movie. Okay. The Pest? <laughs> nope. That, that, I do enjoy that movie. What but... a touching, yeah. What a touching tale. Beautiful. <laughs> Story of a Latino guy being hunted by a German man. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, even, even if he can't. Do you want a year? Yeah. Same year as me. 1990. <laughs> nope. Field of Dreams. Nope. I was just like, go. Tin Cuff. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like how my idea, like, Congo. if you build it, they will come. They're like, that's not going to work. <laughs> we got to put something else on the poster. Jurassic Park. <laughs> None of these are correct. Okay. I don't, yeah, I, I'm at a loss on this one. Surrender. Surrender. <laughs> Trying to think if there's any other Don't give the the uh, uh, the actor director pairing has been oh Edward Scissorhands yes oh, oh. three to one to one Willie in the lead I like it I like Edward Scissorhands it's a good movie it's a cool movie yeah. I should rewatch that soon yeah Anthony Michael Hall is the tits in that movie yeah yeah that's a great movie uh, all right one man's struggle to take it easy uh, the Big Lebowski no. Hmm, it's interesting. Struggle to take it easy. <laughs> one man struggle to take it easy. Take it easy. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That is correct. Nice. Four to one to one. Turn it up, Timmy. You got to catch up, man. <laughs> well, Come on, I, I started off hot. Yeah, you did. You did. Dude, you did. All right. Um, <clears throat> even a hitman deserves a second shot. Garth Point Blank. That is correct. Nice. So I, I love that movie. Four to two to it's one. Really That's a great movie. Yeah. The Grifters is good, it, too. Yeah. yeah. The Last Man on Earth is not alone. I Am Legend. How did you know that? I've seen the ad box so many times at work. Four, four to three to one. Four to two uh, to one. Four, four to two. Oh, yeah. Okay. Five to two to one. Five to two to Five. one. <laughs> Who's got the one? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> oh, that's right. This guy. I stumped you guys. All right. Um... Family isn't a word. It's a sentence. Ooh, like you're sentenced with your family. I like that. That is a good, that's clever. Wordplay. Wordplay. Mix nuts. Nope. Um, National Lampoon Vacation. Nope. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I don't think either of you are going to get this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, family isn't a word. It's a sentence. The ref. Nope. Russ good though. Um yeah. Guess who's coming to dinner? Nope. <laughs> oh man. What's the year? Man, you guys aren't we're zooming through these. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Ooh, is uh Surviving Christmas with uh Ben Affleck <laughs> and James Gandolfini? No, no it is not. But uh good guess. His ill-advised trip to comedy after Daredevil failed. I remember. 
like there was an interview and Christina Applegate was just like, I hate Ben Affleck. Like he's the most <laughs> like immature human being I've ever met. It's amazing. <laughs> like fairly, I don't know. I think he's he just a real jerk to work with. Yeah, like, that's funny. That was like uh, Vince Vaughn. Strangely enough, another Christmas movie. Family isn't Christmases. a word. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon hated Vince Vaughn. It's a sentence. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Nothing. I, no, no, no. Nothing. Nothing. No. All right. It's the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't like that. That's a dumb tagline for that movie. I, I mean, like I get it. it, but no. Four to two to two. Did you five three? to two to two. Five, five to, two to, two to two to two. <laughs> If at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. Ooh, the perfect score. Incorrect. Shallow hell. Incorrect. Oh, I like that. Nice. Tim's Tim's guess is in is in a closer vein. Lower your standards. Me, myself, and Irene. Nope. That doesn't make any sense. Dumb and Dumber. Nope. At first you don't succeed, lower your standards. Tommy Boy. That is correct. Nice. Nice. Well done. Six to two to two. All right. Um, <laughs> Forty three to three to three. I just don't want to get beat by Alex. <laughs> All right. Um, beat the host. On the air, unaware. Oh, Ed TV? No. Truman Show. Correct. Why yes. did I say Ed TV first? I don't <laughs> no. know. Jesus, Tim. <laughs> by the way. Nikki and I were in Frankenmuth, and we saw used DVDs, and I saw Ed TV and said to myself, man, True Dix was a reunion yeah. from Ed TV. It was, it was yeah, indeed. Just throwing that out there for our <laughs> listeners. She thought she was out. She thought she was out. Ooh. She thought she um, was out? Man, this sounds like a, oh gosh, like a La Femme Nikita? No. Uh, or like a The Long Kiss Goodnight? No. The Fifth Element? Nope. She thought she was nope. Good guesses. Man. Who would it be? Or what would it be, rather? She thought she was out. Some sort of female spy, perhaps? That's what it feels like, right? What's the genre here? Um, Ooh, I like that. IMDB says comedy, crime, drama. Comedy, crime, drama. So all the genres. <laughs> um, <laughs> Every single genre. All of them. The Heat? No. Good she guess. thought she was out. Miss Congeniality? No. Good. good Miss Congeniality 2? No. Aren't and Dangerous? Aren't and Fabulous? <laughs> Aren't Fabulous. <laughs> um, she thought she was out. I wouldn't have listed comedy first. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> this one's completely unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Nice. Uh, yes, so I think we can move into our review of Veronica Mars. Uh, Willie, if you would like to say your piece. Um, someday I'll watch Veronica Mars. <laughs> Today is not that day. <laughs> Today, no, I, uh, guys, I'm sorry, I can't watch the whole show plus the movie right now, so. That's okay. Um, I, I bid you all a fond farewell. And I hope that these boys don't fuck up the rest of this episode. Oh, no, it's, it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> 75, baby. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Willie.
All right, so Veronica Mars, directed by Rob Thomas, uh, synopsis on IMDb says, Years after walking away from her past as a teenage private eye, Veronica Mars gets pulled back to her hometown just in time for her high school reunion in order to help her old flame, Logan Eccles, who's embroiled in a murder mystery. About sums it up. Yeah, that sums it up. Basically yeah. sums up most of the series, too. I was going to say. It? It's like, when is Logan Eccles not embroiled in some kind of murder mystery? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, as I said, directed by Rob Thomas, uh, starring Kristen Bell, Jason Doring, Enrico Colantoni. Yes. My boy. Yes. Uh, Chris Lowell, Percy Diggs, the third, Tina Majorino, everybody that was in the series basically comes back uh, for the most part. Um, so, yeah, this is this movie's coming out seven years after the show ended. Um, show started in 04, ended in 07, had three seasons, about 20 episodes each. Um, and Tim, you watched back when you were in college. Yes, I did. Um, I just recently finished as listeners will know, because I stated on last week's episode that I had wrapped up season three. So I figured it was time that we check out the movie. Um, so I guess first you can say, uh, how you felt about the series. Okay. Real quick. And okay. then uh, we can we can go from there. Well, I just remember, yeah, I, I was living um, with someone in college who she, she like marathoned this show in like a weekend, <laughs> like it was insane. Well, like and I, at first, I and I would walk out every once in a while, and they and she'd be watching it, and I was I was very I was very sexist in college, <laughs> especially like when it came to TV shows that I'd just gotten like really into Battlestar. And I'm like, I, we're not watching this girly crap. Like, get it off I my think TV. Veronica, like having having a show titled the lead character, the lead female. Number one, it's a show with a lead female character, right? Which is rare, right? But on top of that, to have people not just assume that it's like a girly drama, it's very difficult. Like, it, it, yeah, well, especially with Veronica, it always it, a detective show always reminds you of Nancy Drew too, yeah, like a Nancy true. Drew mysteries. And I think that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of what's going for too, yeah. like a like a wittier version of that so but then i can't remember but around one of the episodes i just randomly sat down and watched you saw enrico colantoni and you were uh, like honestly the relationship between veronica mars and her father i like i fell in love with it's like, amazing it, it, yeah it was it's probably my favorite father-daughter relationship on any show and that's including like friday night lights which I, was, I, think I was about to say that's the other one that's amazing too those two are neck and neck for me right. but they're just the back and forth between them they're both Smart and the reason I felt I really really like this show. I don't know if I would go as far as put it up there with the greats, sh- like of all time. I don't think I can do that because I think there's a lot of a lot of misses during this, yeah. these seasons. But what this show has and that so few shows on TV, and this is why I don't watch a lot of TV, don't get is this show gets characters yeah. and it like interesting, funny, witty, smart characters. And if you've got that on any sort of like a movie or a TV show, like I'm in, mm-hmm. like if you can nail the characters and that's why I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to bash S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's why I, like, I'm going to use it as an example. That's why I don't like S.H.I.E.L.D., is because I can forgive based a lot Based off of, of the first couple episodes. Based off of what I watched. Yeah. But I don't like any of the characters. I find them all bland, and I, I but I can forgive, I could forgive a lot of the stuff that goes on, and maybe, and it might get better by that, but I really, I'm lazy, so I have to be hooked. Like, yeah, no. I have and to I... be hooked. Yeah. And, but, and it's so weird to me with S.H.I.E.L.D., because... If there's one thing the Marvel movies get, and if there's one thing Whedon TV shows always get, and you know Whedon was a champion of Veronica Mars Absolutely. at the time, 
its characters. Even the I a lot of people bash the first season of Buffy, and I can't do it because I think it gets the characters right from the get go, and that it hooks it hooks. Yeah, I can't, I like the first season quite a bit. So, um, so that's kind of how I kind of grew to really really like the show. Um, it had been a while since I watched it. So you actually came in with a fresher perspective, yeah. but it was kind of cool for me because people kept popping up. And this is what's great about the show is people kept popping up that I hadn't seen in forever because yeah. a lot of them don't show up in other shows that often. I think yeah. Kristen Bell, you see and Enrico, you see yeah. quite a bit, but um, Jason Doring is on some, a bunch of them show up in uh, party down, which is Rob Thomas's other big yeah. show that I love that actually I might even love more than this, but so I saw him in that, but it was just, it was nice to see a couple of them just kind of pop off. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's, there's a, oh, oh God, I can't even remember his name. Now Wallace. Yeah, Wallace. Like, there's Wallace. And Percy there's, Dix the third. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I was introduced to the show. Um, yeah, and I think kind of going off of what you said, I think um, it's one of those shows where it's not one of those ones where you just blindly recommend it to everybody, but it is one of those shows where... Once you know somebody likes a certain kind of show, you might be like, oh, Veronica, you should check out Veronica Mars. Yep. Like, you know that I like Buffy. You know that I like Angel. Yes. You know, then, then that means, okay, I might like Veronica Mars. Right. And and I'd say largely I did. I think it took me a while for it to really sink in and for me to, like, really get hooked by it. Just in the sense of, um, uh, it's weird because I think Veronica very much is a character seems very abrasive in the beginning because that's what she is to the rest of the city at the time. That's what she is to Neptune High. She's kind of this outsider. And so it's it gets hard to connect with her and the way that you do that is through her and her father. Like you see she becomes really human with those moments with Enrico because otherwise she's just that really cool high schooler chick that can kind of fend off anybody with her words. Right. And that's kind of, that's a little bit standoffish. That's somebody like, if you knew somebody like that in high school, then you didn't want to touch them because they could fire back at you. That kind of thing. There's a, uh, there's a great, I just, sorry, I didn't mean it, but there's a great scene early. I watched the, uh, the first couple episodes again last night okay. just because I wanted to rewatch it, but there's a great scene early where she actually, she takes Wallace. Now Wallace, um, there's a new kid in school and he gets taped up to the flagpole and she takes him down and then he comes to sit by her at lunch yeah. and she's standoffish, standoffish with him. He gets up to leave and she goes, no, come on, sit back down. Yeah. So it's a great way to kind of get started yeah. with that character. Totally. And yeah. and so I think for me, it's kind of, it was, it was a little bit hard for me to, to get on the side of Veronica at first. But I think by the time, like as the as season one progresses and you learn more about who she is and why she's doing what she's doing and all that kind of stuff, I think, uh, I think you definitely warm up to her. Um, we spent the majority of time talking about the show, but that's okay. No, well, I think it's important. Yeah, context. Um, so anyway, I like the show quite a bit. I started liking it even more towards the end of season three, which I think is weird because most people weren't huge fans of season three. Um, but I kind of liked Veronica in the college setting more than I did Veronica in the high school setting a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, but I also kind of, I like the cast of characters that she has. Like, there's kind of very minute changes that happen through all three seasons to who's kind of in the main cast and, and who Veronica spends the most time with. And I like who she was meeting and who she was with in season three a little bit more than I do the people who she's with in season one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I suppose that's about it. So I think a while back we talked about this Kickstarter. You did not. Tim. No, I you did were not. not with us at the time. This is actually one of the greatest episodes of the podcast. 
or worse, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. I think it was our pain and gain episode, actually. I it was know. the pain and gain one. I don't yeah. know which number that was, but we did have a pretty spirited discussion about the Kickstarter. If right. you guys want to hear more about it from that standpoint, go back to that on MidwestFilmNews.com. Check it out. But uh, I don't know. I suppose let's just get right into the movie. Tim, how did you like Veronica Mars, the movie? I love this. And I did not, honestly, I did not expect to as much as I did. And I almost think oh, I... let me say... We may spoil the series right now. We're going to give you maybe a couple more minutes of non-spoilery stuff, and then we'll get into spoilers for the show. Okay. But, or for the for the movie. Yes, yes. But um, I went into this with very, like I said, it had been a while since I'd seen the show. So I went in with this very average expectations. I wasn't expecting too much. And I had heard some mixed things from, like, fans and reviewers. And I don't know, I like, I just fell for it, like, the second scene, or, like, the first time Logan and Veronica reunite. Yeah. It was like, this, this show's got me. Like, this movie has got me right now. Everything <laughs> like, clicks right back into place. Like, I don't, yeah. And I honestly think that this is, I, I thought it was as good as the show has been. I thought it was really, really witty and yeah. smart. Um, the, dete- the, the mystery stuff, honestly, was never my favorite part of the show anyway. That's yeah. not why I gravitated towards it it was more the characters and just yeah the relationships between them so that's really what i mostly care cared about in this but i thought this i mean the one i the obvious one to go back to is um serenity with this to compare it to yeah and i think in in terms of movies being released after series were canceled yes or star trek but (laughs) (laughs) but serenity is the more recent one i think serenity is the uh the closer comparison and I really, really like Serenity. One of the problems I have, though, with Serenity is it feels like an entire season of the show yeah. crammed into a movie. There's, I think it's there's too much going on. And there's a lot going on with this movie. I thought I was going to feel that. And there are parts where I did a little, but it didn't It didn't kind of – I didn't notice it as much. I thought it, it moved, and I thought it all fit, and I was very impressed with it as a movie. And I, I would love to see, like, a series – they're probably not going to make any more. I know he's making – he wrote a book. But like a Veronica Mars uh, follow up, and I think I just ordered it. So um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yes. But uh, I would love to see like if they can keep making Jesse Stone starring Tom Selleck TV movies <laughs> and releasing them on video. Like I can get one or two more Veronica Mars movies, and I would love to see a whole series of just even directed video movies because I don't think this needs to be on a huge budget. The show, I think it gets by with its charm and its wit. So yeah. That yes. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. All right, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit too, and and kind of as you said, I think the movie finished, and we were both kind of like, I think I might like this more than I like the show, <laughs> right. and I think it's it was very, it felt like it was like a very like, uh, <laughs> it's like taking a spoonful of tang powder and putting it on your mouth. If Veronica Mars is the tang, okay. like, this is super concentrated Veronica Mars. Yeah. Like it's like this 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 is a this is an, a, an episode script that got like a lot of revisions and actually like really finely tuned, and I think. I think it worked really, really well. Um, I kind of, from from a from a cool, like image quality standpoint, it obvi- it looks better than the 2004 Veronica Mars, which doesn't say much because <laughs> it looked like it looked terrible. But it's still this. It feel it felt to me a little bit, um, uh, just a little bit low budge. Like yeah. I could feel it a little bit, but I got over it pretty quickly, and 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 that was okay. I was very surprised at how much. When the movie ended, I was like, I really want another one. Yeah. Like, I, I was very surprised where I, in, that I was like, that the movie successfully kind of wrapped up the story and, and kind of gives a, gives some resolution to Veronica Mars, the series as a whole. But then for it to also kind of leave that, it leaves that door open really well. 
Like, they, they could come out with a second movie, and I would be like, I see what they're going to do with this, and I want to see more of it. And I think that was very skillful. Um, all the acting's pretty fantastic. It's it's It feels like everybody who was on the show is just back and doing the same thing. They're all in their characters, and, and, and that all works really well. Um, and it, from what you said with the mystery, I think... Uh, you're you're right in that the mystery is kind of it's it's what's driving the plot forward, but it's just a way to see the character interactions happen. But I do kind of wish that there was a little bit more um, uh, genius to the mystery. I think I think that was one of the things about season three: the mystery with uh, with her teacher and the dean's wife and okay. all that stuff. I feel like that episode that was my favorite episode where that finally gets wrapped up. Because I felt like it was all genius. Okay. The way that it was laid out and kind of how hubris ultimately did the, did the guy in. Yeah. Did, did the, the student assistant in. Like, I think it, that was all so well done that I wish that there was some more of a touch of that in, in this one. I did kind of like the subversion of expectations with what, what happened in the mystery. Kind of how the show plays with the motivations of who's that like you think it's clear and then all of a sudden like you get a little bit more information and like I, I think he they they did that very well. But I just wish there was a little bit more genius behind the orchestration of it all. Um but like you said, I think just seeing these characters get together and interact more. Yeah. Um was was a lot of fun. So I think this this will mark our our spoiler section right here. I'll give you another 15 seconds to turn off the podcast if you don't want to hear any spoilers for the Veronica Mars movie. If you're a fan of the show, absolutely check it out. Um, I think we both can say that. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen the show, and if and you and I are, I think you and I have a lot of the same tastes. What it yeah. We're both Whedon fans, and I think that's kind of the touchstone to, to go back. Absolutely. If you like any sort of Joss Whedon show, or even any, I don't know, like... Gilmore Girls is another one that pops in my head because it's very fast paced and okay. like this. And but if you like any of those types of shows, I think this is a show you should probably check out too. If you like character heavy shows that are good at both the overarching and monster of the week kind of uh, yeah. formulation, then this is very much one of the, it's it, to me. I kind of think of it as Buffy without the mysticism. Yes. So um, take that as you will. Go check it out. We are now in spoiler Terry for Veronica Mars the movie. Um. I was headed to a point, but I don't remember what it was. Sorry. No, no, no. It's not your <laughs> fault. Um, oh, I the, the only thing that I don't really like, I think I think it all works in the end. The only thing that I don't really like is how the Piz storyline kind of wraps up. You know what? I yeah, there were a couple things, and it didn't. And this is why I was kind of surprised how much I like it liked it because the Logan Piz stuff in here feels like fan service. Kind of, it just seems. Like they're writing it for a certain segment of the fan base, and what what is it? Shipping, like yes, yeah, yeah, shipping. Yes. And that's what it felt the, like. The shipping of the Tumblr verse. <laughs> Thank you. Like that, it kind of felt to be like that at times. But well, but, and, and, and apparently they all showed up. Uh, uh, Jason Doring showed up to the Comic Con panel with a Team Piz shirt, and <laughs> Chris Lowell showed up with a Team Team uh, Logan shirt, and then Dick showed up. Ryan Hansen showed up with a Team Dick shirt. 
So I want to talk about. Oh, I want to talk about Dick. Dick <laughs> yeah, we can we can get to Dick. But. Uh, but no. But I do want to say this, and this is why it didn't bother me. Is this is the most likable Piz? Like Piz is amazing in this movie. Yeah, like he's really funny, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, that guy's was on Enlisted, which just got canceled. And Enlisted mm. is a really really funny show if hmm. nobody has seen it, and he is he's really good on that. So like I think he's kind of grown. And, yeah. and he was, I thought he, uh, this was the best Piz has ever been. And I actually, I felt, I, I, I thought the actor made me care enough about his character to mm-hmm. where the kind of fan service shipping didn't really bother me as much, but I yeah. totally see where you're going with that. It's just, I, I think, um, I think the dynamic between it's, this is very weird for me to say, because when you come to things like obviously twilight and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Hunger Games and probably Divergent. I don't know. It's normally the love story is the least interesting thing that I want that I that I'm kind of that I'm interested in. But I feel like the dynamics between Piz and Logan are so clearly defined, and there's such interesting routes for Veronica to take that I wish that Piz got a little bit more service, a little more room to grow, like. That relationship largely takes place in the space that we do not get to see at all. Right. Because there's only like, there's less than maybe 10 episodes of the Piz-Veronica relationship in the show. And then to have them still around and together in this movie, I think... um, No, that's a good point. I I, I think, it's sad to me. I think it's a lot of lost uh, potential Mm -hmm. to just have Piz wrap up in a... I think that moment's really beautiful. The moment yeah. of of her on the phone with him and him being like, you know, you like that 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 was a really really like <laughs> I said like when that happened I was like damn, but that was seriously <laughs> like wow like that was really I potent. <laughs> That was like a super potent moment. Yeah, that's like this is I yeah I was surprised how much I got yeah hooked into it again. Yeah, like I was totally like oh no yeah poor Piz. But, uh, no, I can see that, and I will agree with it. Yeah. That the other thing, if I'm going to, yeah, focus on something that bothered me, but I thought it actually ended up working thematically is um, the Weevil stuff. And Weevil's a character early mm. on who's kind of in a biker gang, and someone by now, he has grown out of it. And he has a, they introduce him as having a family yeah. in the movie. And his story in this movie... Is basically setting up another, yeah, another movie or another whatever they want to do from here on out, and that kind of distracted me a little. But thematically, it kind of worked with him, and because Veronica looks out at him at the end, and he joins back up with the motorcycle game, and they're both kind of like she says, down in the muck and the mire of being down. Yeah. And one of the things I love that they brought back is because it actually works more with the, the class warfare stuff that happens yeah. in the that's always happened in the show and in the um, oh uh, Neptune, yeah, the, the city they live in, Balboa County, and. I've always like I've always liked that stuff in the show, and I just think it's even more timely now. It's fun to watch, and yeah, and it was yeah. they were kind of ahead of the curve. They the, really, really were in, and, the, in the TV series. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of the class stuff um, stuck with me. I thought that was good, and so that kind of bothered me. But that was about really the main complaints I had. If yeah, yeah, I think it, it was a little um, like the, that whole situation of kind of the seed the seed for for uh Eli or for Weevil to get to that point all of that stuff like with apparently it was Celeste Kane in the in the car being like a, attacked quote unquote by the PCHers and 
Like it, it, it comes out of left field, and it, it almost feels like it's just there to set up mm-hmm. future, which, which it is according to the end of the movie. But right. you bringing up that point of it basically reducing Weevil back down to where he was, I think that makes it that makes it okay. Like you said, it, yeah. it works out in the end. No, and I mean that's kind of a dark route to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's really sad. And I almost wish they would have spent a little more time with Weevil during the movie just to hit hit a little harder yeah. at the end of it, but. Um, and that's, doesn't the third season end kind of dark? Doesn't it end? I can't remember how the third season, the finale ends it, but I remember it, it kind of, fans were torn on it because they kind of, they wanted to see a happier ending. And I don't think it ends real happy the third season. That's funny. Cause I like just yeah. watched it. No, I, just- <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember either. So, but, um, that was good. Um, some of the other, and I guess we should probably talk about a lot of the, the cameos, that happened in it. Yeah, I do want yeah. to talk. One of the things this show has is <laughs> uh, this show has really good side characters, which is why a couple of cameos were a little, a little bit stretched, like they were like stretching believability. Um, the Ken Marino cameo, the uh, like, I didn't know if I completely bought. Yeah, like him, him. Yeah, him ending up there is very, very strange. <laughs> like. <laughs> like I yeah, Vinny Vinny Van Lowe or whatever his name is. Yeah. He's he's a scumbag, but he's not gonna be like the hey, I covertly get videos of celebrities and sell them to the tabloids. Like that's just it he's 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 one of the characters where it's like eh, I don't quite believe that he ended up in that. Right. Yeah. It it, it felt very much like it was forced. Yes, it happened because the plot needed it to happen because they and 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 he and and obviously they wanted to fit Ken Marino in too. And this is you're gonna have to. I'm gonna get crap for this. But I can't remember this name because he's one of my favorite characters on the show. It's Vinny. Not Vinny. Um, the other cameo I was thinking of that was forced was um. I think he's on New Girl. The guy from New Girl. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Max Greenfield's character. What? Uh, the 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 FBI guy. Yeah. Well, he was a yeah, he was a cop on the show. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I don't either. It's terrible. Whatever, whatever. I'll, I lo- I'll pull it up. Yeah, I I loved him on the show, and his cameo in this is so good. Like, it's so funny that I like it's it's a really it's kind of a sweet moment. And it's kind of he basically toys around with Ron. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really really cool, and I don't I like I just bought all that stuff. And yeah, I didn't expect I, to. I, but, I I I loved that cameo so so much. <laughs> Because I've, I I like Max Greenfield a lot because I've been watching New Girl and, okay. and I think it's a fantastic show, but he's fantastic in it too. Yeah. And when I saw him in Veronica Mars, I was like, oh, that's that's the guy from New Girl, and I loved his character in the show as well. Yeah. And to kind of see him willing to come back and be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, me and Veronica Mars again. <laughs> like I thought that was cool, and and seeing that he's, uh, he's. He was a cop in another county, or was he in the FBI? I thought he was a cop in the other count, another county. Like Leo. he was a state. Leo's his name. Leo. Oh, okay. Like he was a state cop. Okay. In this, instead of instead of like a county. Um, and then the other the other thing I wanted to mention is <laughs> a friend of the show, Danny, who ended up watching this. Oh, okay. And why was, is he not here? I don't know. What a jerk. He's he's actually a bigger fan than both of us. Yeah, both of us. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not as much as my old roommate, but like <laughs> they could talk about it for hours. I'm sure. And he he brought this up, and I wanted to, I want to give a little card. But he's like the Dick Casablanca is played by Ryan Hansen is the most efficient, like hilarious, like part in any movie. Like everything, this Dick Casablanca is, is a terrible human being. Yeah. In this, like in the show, he 
pretty much is Veronica and Mars gets date raped at a party mm-hmm. in the show, and Dick Casablanca pretty much encourages it at some point, doesn't he? He I encourages, think so. yeah, he encourages to happen, and he is. He's he's a he's a douchebag. Basically, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how else to describe him other than a typical douchebag. But he's so damn funny. He's a total douchebag beach bum, <laughs> yeah, kind of guy. But everything he says in this movie is hilarious yeah. to me. And he like way the guy um, what he delivers, and that guy's pretty funny. He's been funny in other stuff. He was in the uh, he's in Party Down. He's in the Friday the Thirteenth remake. Okay, and those are what else I remember him from. But just everything he does, and he even brought this up in an interview. He's like. Yeah, I, they just keep me around. Like, I probably shouldn't have his biggest part, but they just love writing for my character because yeah. he's such a dick. And it, and it, I think he said, like, it's kind of like how, like, I'm Spike on Buffy or something. Like, okay. how Spike is Spike is kind of a terrible, terrible, like, not human being, obviously, but a terrible, <laughs> terrible character, too. Just a despicable character, too. But you, you just love watching him so much that it's yeah. just gross. It's but, funny because I didn't like Dick at all in the series really like the the moments where i liked dick where is is where he was he was having trouble dealing with the fact that he was a total ass to his little brother <laughs> like that those those okay. were the times where i was like okay dick is dealing with his issues and i find this interesting <laughs> so the rest of the time when he's just being a total asshole i i wasn't a huge fan but for some reason in the movie i don't know i don't know if it's just that he's like grown up a little bit because everybody in this movie feels like they've grown up so much from veronica mars from the tv series like i don't know i just liked him so much more this time around it's weird there's almost more of a like an irreverence to him at this point like there's kind of like he's just kind of given up and accepted what he is and he's yeah and I and and, I, and maybe it's part of it's just me just being like, oh, Dick, <laughs> like, you know. And it's, why does he still live with Logan? <laughs> oh man, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. He has a couple lines of this. There's one line, and I didn't realize it. I read a review of it, and I laughed because he goes, he takes. They get into a fight, and he takes a swig. Uh, liquor and his thing, and he goes, and it's called Belboa County. And he goes, "Welcome to the BC, bitch." <laughs> and like, that's so funny to me. It's a great character joke. And um, but yeah, it was. I was good to see. Yeah, everybody back. I've always liked Wallace as a character. I do want to mention though, Kristen Bell. This is this is like the best character for her. Like, and she's always been really good at playing in it. And I don't think she's ever. And part of this, I've, I like Kristen Bell a lot, but part of this is probably her choices too. Yeah. They haven't been real strong. But this is, yeah, this is, these are the type of characters. She's never had a character as good as this since the show. And, and she's, she's really, really good at playing it. I think it's just one of those things where, uh, nobody writes the strong women, the strong witted, smart women. And it's hard to find those parts. And as, as you become a bigger star, you become a bigger star playing parts that aren't that. You get, yeah, you get you like get into big budget movies written by people. That exactly, have yeah. no handle on it. Yeah. yeah, and then you're just you know, and and I think that's uh, something that people like about Frozen a lot. Is that one of the characters oh, that she? I haven't seen Frozen. That yet. she voices is very much kind of a strong, but you know, it's also a Disney movie, so it's a little bit you know, uh, a little more fairy tale than 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 uh, Veronica Mars is. Right, but um. You know, it's why it's the same people. <laughs> We've danced around it, but no, I think I think you already said his name. But Joss Whedon, yeah, uh, he he's he's been asked why do you write strong women, and his famous response is because you're still asking me that question. <laughs> no, he's totally. Like, why doesn't everybody write strong women characters? And 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 obviously, it's hard for some. It's hard for people because 
you know, I don't know. We're we're in a very misogynist world <laughs> yeah. for the most part. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Not that this just became the Midwest's uh, Feminist Nerds podcast. No, it's but, all right. I mean, no, hey, totally. Look at how great we are. We're so feminist. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're the best men in the world. Uh <laughs> But no, I think I think uh, you're 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 dead on. I think Veronica's a really really cool character. Yeah, and and uh, no, she's very it, much and, like Buffy in that way. Yeah, too. and and that's and, the and, obvious comparison, but it's the right comparison. Yeah, yeah, and and Kristen Bell definitely kind of, but it's it's it makes sense that she got big off of playing this character. Yes, because yes. I think you watch Veronica Mars and you see a lot of her range. Not only with being witty, but also being vulnerable, but also being smart, but also being brash. Like it's it's a great combination. That's four characteristics. That's three more characteristics than most women in the movie. <laughs> I know. That's like that's four more characteristics than Electro in the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> too. But um, because <laughs> we just couldn't dump on that movie enough. Um, but no, it's Veronica. Veronica's an awesome character. So. Yeah. Yeah, and her dad is too. So uh, yeah, Enrico. Man. <laughs> we didn't even touch on him, but he's amazing. We don't even have to. We don't have to. It's Enrico Colantoni. He speaks for himself. I don't know. This, it's the episode of me being a champion of people like uh, uh, James Vanderbeek, which is what we were discussing before the show, <laughs> and also Zach Efron. But Enrico Colantoni, for some reason, like I apparently in my formative years, I was watching Just Shoot Me reruns or something like that, and I just fell in love with Enrico Colantoni. <laughs> And uh, I, I watched that show when it aired, and I loved him on it. Like, yeah, like, I like, love that guy. Yeah, so I, I don't. <laughs> apparently, that show just did it. it, it Galaxy worked. Quest, yeah. Sequest, Galaxy Quest. Oh, no, it's a Sequest. Well, that's was like, different. Was Enrico Colantoni in Sequest? <laughs> now, we're, now we're talking. <laughs> well, no, yes, Galaxy Quest. She's fantastic as well. Strong female characters. Let's talk about Sequest. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, maybe another time. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on Veronica Mars? Um, like I said, uh, I, I don't know. It's tough for me. I don't know if you can watch this movie without seeing the series. I kind yeah. of wish Willie would have watched it. <laughs> Just yeah. to get a gauge on how it would have would have went over. I think you probably can get some enjoyment out of it. Because I do think it's kind of a fun mystery. And it's funny. Um, but you're not going to get as much. There's so much that you would miss. Right. Like There's so many moments. Like in even like the whole... You'll You'll be able to tell that Veronica and Logan, you know... Obviously, they meant something, yeah. and but there's so much history and baggage to everybody. Yeah. That and I don't I know think. if there's any way around that, but yeah, I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, definitely, the fans of the show. Um, it's available uh, on Blu-ray already. You can get it on Amazon Prime as well, or Amazon for uh, Amazon Rental. Yep. Like five, four. I think it was five bucks HD. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So, but yeah, and I would recommend the show too if you're. If, like I said, you're a fan of the shows we also have talked about here. Yes, so. which is exclusively on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it for, uh, you know, streaming. Yep. Um, it's free with Prime. So, all right. Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Please don't judge us solely off of this one. Go back to another one because I'm <laughs> sorry. The middle there fell apart. Tim rescued the end and uh, and he was fantastic <laughs> at the beginning. But the middle was all my fault and I apologize. <laughs> Please complain to at John D one seven zero three on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> at MFN Podcast is our Twitter account. Um, you can also find us there on Instagram, uh, Facebook.com slash Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, follow up the latest news with our show. Um, MidwestFilmNerds.com, all of our previous episodes and some bonus episodes and some good writing by people such as Tim Long and myself. Uh, 
as I stated before, Tim wrote a fantastic summer movie preview, but uh, he might have got lost in a time loop somewhere. Uh, so it, won't, it may or may not help you with your summer movie wager. <laughs> it may not help you with anything, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, summer movie wager ballots are due at 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, May uh, 14th. Please get those in. We'd like to have you guys join us. Uh, there's prizes on the line. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, next week, I think, will be our first uh, weekly update for the the Summer Movie Wager, so check back for that. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, Kyle X Y, go watch a movie.